Dominic, Dominic, Dominic. Highly contested. T3 on the track. The takes is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Act like radios are off. The takes is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Hello and welcome to Highly Contested. This podcast covers some of the hottest topics in the world of football and basketball. Our crew gives our highly contested takes on these topics and supports them with the big facts. I'm George and I'm here with Joe. How are you doing today, Joe? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you? Pretty good to hear, man. Same here. You know, halfway through the week, uh, got holiday on Wednesdays, so should be pretty good, man. Yep. All right. Well, or do you have something to say, Joe? Uh, no, let's move on. All right. Well, let's dive straight into the NFL. So today our topics are, uh, was the Saints victory on Sunday more about them being impressive or the Buccaneers being disappointing? Who was more impressive in their head-to-head matchup between Kyle, Kyle Murray and Tua and our crew picks who has been the most disappointing team this far in the NFL season? So let's dive in head first here on Highly Contested. So the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had their highly anticipated matchup on Sunday Night Football. Leaning up to this game, the Buccaneers had been very impressive and the Saints had had their question marks. But the game turned ugly for the Buccaneers fans real quick as Drew Brees lit them up Tampa Bay's defense for a sounding victory of 38 to 3 on Sunday night. So, Joe, what were your thoughts? Who was the Saints' victory more about them being impressive or the Bucks being disappointing? I say it was more about the Bucks being disappointed because they have all that skill and all that talent on that team, but they still couldn't do anything with it against the Saints. Tom's been playing with this team for nine weeks now and has played the Saints twice. He sure learned from his mistakes from last the last game he played against the Saints, but he struggled to pass the ball. And yes, they just got Antonio Brown, but that doesn't give that's not an excuse because he's been playing with the same people for nine weeks, like I said. He he should have learned. And the the next time we're probably gonna see him would be in the playoffs. But if they continue acting like this, I don't even think they would make the playoffs. Or at least I want to say they'll make they they still would make the playoffs, but they will make the wild card if they keep acting like this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this division still goes through the Saints, but uh, like I mentioned on that previous podcast, to me this was a must win for the Bucks because now they've been swept by the Saints in the regular season, giving them confidence. And this is important because when we look at the playoffs, like you were talking about, if these two teams meet up again in the playoffs. You know, expect this team to have the edge. The Saints defense only allowed a field goal by this heavy star team. We've mentioned how great the weapons on this team have been with the addition of Antonio Brown. And to only allow three points, a field goal, that's major credit to Sean Payne and that defense for being able to stop that offense. Uh, Tom Bra- This is Tom Brady's biggest loss in his career and his worst QB rating in his career. Uh, 
Again, we must credit the Saints team. Drew Brees was moving the ball, getting everyone on the team involved as they started red hot. Michael Thomas made his return in the game, but they didn't even need him to be a star. They can attack in a variety of ways. They have Taysom Hill, who can spice things up. He's a legit weapon himself. They have Emmanuel Sanders, who's been steady, reliable, and Alvin Kamara, who's been elite in his own way. So, you know, I, I think this is more the Saints that were being impressive and really like stamp their foot down and let the Bucks know that, hey, this is still our division. And, you know, don't don't get too high on your horse. You still got to go through us. Yeah, that's true, but he's still out of sh- didn't he like throw three picks the last time he played against them? Tom Brady? Uh yeah. Yeah, he hasn't played too good against this team and I mean that's what I was saying, you know, the the Saints are going to have major confidence. Yeah, it's cuz he needs to he needs to play better against them. Um throwing the total of six picks against the Saints, that's you can't do that. I will I don't know if it's because Bruce Arians is calling the plays, but I know that Tom Brady could audible it. He needs to do something. He needs he needs to actually watch this film because I don't know if he watched it from last time because he, it's the same outcome. They lost horribly, and if they want to if they want to play him again, they need to make it to the playoffs. But they, in order to make it to the playoffs, they got to be in that wild card spot. Yeah, I, I think it's a mix of, you know, Bruce Arians, his style of offense uh, combined with Tom Brady. Because some of those, they just look like bad passes, the the interceptions he threw. Some of them just looked bad. So, um, but credit to that Saints defense. And I, I think they were just more impressive and really, you know, made a statement. Because it doesn't matter who the Bucks can beat. If they can't beat the Saints, then they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl, which I'm sure is their goal. Yeah, definitely. And the best defensive play the Bucks made was the Antonio Brown tackle when Tom Brady threw that interception. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's just crazy, though, like all the studs they have on that offense and to only get three points. So major credit over there to the Saints. Yeah, for real. Sean Payton, do work. Yeah. Well, Joe. Let's move on to the next topic. So our next topic, keeping it in the NFL, we got Tua and the Miami Dolphins who traveled to Arizona on Sunday to take on Kyle Murray and the Cardinals. The Dolphins led for most of the game, but the Cardinals would come back and take the lead in the third quarter. The Dolphins then scored 10 points to put them ahead by three, and the Cardinals would drive down the field, miss the game-tying field goal, and would send this game to overtime. So, Joe, who was more impressive in their head-to-head matchup, Kyle or Tua? I'm about to say it was Tua because the Dolphins did win this game. It was a close one, like you said. Tua was up there uh, with the stats compared to Kyler. Tua was 20 for 28, 248 yards, and had two TDs compared to Kyler's uh, uh, stats that he had is 21 for 26, 283 yards, and three TDs. I said I would like to see Tua play against a better defense, and the Cardinals' defense ain't no joke, as you can see, tell by their record. I believe Tua's going to handle himself in the NFL, and I, he's going to be a guy to watch on his uh, Dolphins uh, offense now. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, after his debut, he didn't have to do much in that first game. You know, the defense special teams played their part. So Tua just had to go out there and not lose the game. But this game was, I think, what we were kind of expecting in his debut. And I'm, I agree with you, Joe. I think Tua definitely looked better in this head-to-head matchup. Like you said, he completed 20 of his 28 passes for 248 yards through those two touchdowns and led this team to that 34-31 comeback victory. The Dolphins scored those 10 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to pull off the upset led by Tua. So trailing 31-24 with just under 12 minutes left, Tua ran 17 yards on a second and four, then followed up a touchdown pass to Mac Hollins in the corner of the end zone to tie the game up. On Miami's final three possessions, Tua went 6-for-8 for 77 yards and a touchdown and had three carries for 24 yards. He had two scoring drives in that fourth quarter to seal the game, which was kind of clutch, while Kyle Murray wasn't. So, you know, when we throw all that into consideration, you know, fourth quarter, the game's on the line. You need to go out there and get touchdowns. And Tua was able to do it. So for that, you know, being big at the end of the game and able to pull off that win in a comeback fashion, I think you have to give Tua the edge in this head-to-head matchup. Yeah, but remember, like you said, um, the Cardinals were driving down the field. And yes, um, I, I, I don't remember how much time was on the clock. I don't know if they needed to kick that field, that field goal or not. But missing that field goal, that, that falls on the kicker's uh, a lap. He should have made that. I don't. How, do you remember how far it was or no? Uh, I don't recall on the top of my head how far that kick was. Okay. Well, no matter what, if it was a chip shot or from range from 30 to uh, 50 yards, he should have he should have made that, and that could have sent it into overtime. And who knows what we just saw in overtime here, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, both players played great football, but – you know, I, I just think when we're looking at who gets the edge out of two top performances, you know, not, not only did Tua get the win, but he he was clutch. You know, in that fourth quarter, he went out there and delivered. And, you know, not obviously this is a team sport, so it's it goes on more than just Kyle Murray's shoulders. But he is the quarterback. He is the leader. He, you know. He's a quarterback that he's supposed to go out there and do that. And he in the rookie in Tua. He was able to do it. So, you know, I think the future looks good for Tua. You know, hopefully we can see more of this coming from him, but definitely give him the edge in that game. Yeah, most definitely. And um, I'm looking it up. It was a 49-yard field goal. So, Isaiah Gonzalez should have hit that and he could have sent it to overtime. Yeah, definitely one of those kicks where probably wish he uh, got back, got another chance. Yeah, so just uh, real quick, Joe, you, were you impressed with Tua? Do you think he's going to be able to do this kind of long-term? Yeah, I, I can see him doing it for the rest of his time, but he just got to keep his composure and uh, just hope that his offensive line could uh, keep the pressure off of him because obviously he's making the throws. He's getting touchdowns, so he just needs, he just needs to uh, keep getting that help. Yeah, I mean, this Dolphins team looks a little promising, too. They got the 
believe it's the number one scoring defense. So the defense is out there, you know, doing their part and helping him out. So, you know, if they could build, put around the right pieces around this guy, uh, they they could have a solid future going for them in a division that might be more wide open than it's ever been, you know, with the Patriots not looking so hot. Yeah, I know. And they're right on the Bills tail. So I know, I know you're the, I have a Bills fan on this podcast, so you got to watch out for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not scared, but, you know, they, they'll they'll be in the mix for sure, you know, in the upcoming seasons and depends on how Tua could be. You know, if he's what they kind of drafted him to be, he might be the best quarterback in that division. Who knows? But Josh Allen looking nice. Jets, we never know what they're doing. Patriots uh, still to be determined on what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. Joe, we're going to be moving on to a different NFL topic. So Russell Wilson, who was running away with the MVP award, had a terrible game on Sunday by his standards and has now closed the gap for other candidates to sweep in in the MVP race. So, Joe, has Russell Wilson lost the lead in that MVP race? No, I don't think Russell um, took himself out of the race. Everyone has a bad game or two. Even though Russ said himself that uh, he had a bad game, but he still was 28 for 41, 390 yards, two TDs, and his uh, his interceptions. That was still a hell of a game, but in the end, he did lose to the Bills, to your Bills. Um, but like I said, he he didn't lose the race. He's still he's still at the top of it, but. Yeah, it could have brought some people up closer to him, but he's still at that top right now. Okay, so you you think the gap definitely got smaller, but he still got the lead. It, I it, it he he made a dent in it, you know. Someone made a dent, but it's not big enough that he should start worrying about it. All right, man. I mean, I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. So I I think Russell Wilson did you know, lose the lead in this race. Uh, He's still in the race. You know, he's not out of the race, but at this point, Patrick Mahomes has snuck into the lead of this MVP race. And I say he's, he snuck in because Mahomes has been kind of quiet this season. Haven't heard too much from him. Like we might in normal years, but he's still doing Madden like plays. He's still putting up some impressive numbers quietly and Mahomes will most likely be second in the AFC conference, you know, if the Steelers remain undefeated or have their good record. Chiefs will be right there at number two. Meanwhile, uh, but not just that, he only has one turnover this season. Meanwhile, Wilson has seven of his ten turnovers in the last three weeks alone. So while it seems like Wilson kind of tripped himself up out of the lead, in this MVP race, Mahomes has been playing better. In the last two games, he's thrown for 788 yards, nine touchdowns with no interceptions, and being 8-1 and one on the season so far. So, and w- when we look at their, you know, other stats, they're all pretty close. We look at yards and completions and, and things of that nature, and, you know, the stats are pretty similar. So I think when we, you know, give or when I'm giving Mahomes this edge, you know, it's really the interceptions. You know, he's ha- he's got one and like I said in the last 3 weeks, mainly in the uh Cardinals game, 
And this last game against the Bills, Wilson has thrown many interceptions. I believe he had the three in the, against the Cardinals, the four against the Bills. And, you know, he, he was in the lead, but I think that lead is gone now. What are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, he did throw a lot of interceptions, but like I said, players of his caliber caliber are allowed to have one or two bad games. They just can't be consistently continue being bad. But he's still he's still at the top, and yes, Patrick Mahomes is the closest person to knocking him off. Yeah, um, like I said, I don't think he's out of the MVP race. He's still right there, but when you know you had two pretty bad games. By his standards, of course, you know, they're, they might be good games for any other quarterback, but we're talking about MVP of the league right now. So, you know, when he had his two bad games in these last three weeks, meanwhile, Mahomes has been, you know, stepping it up and taking it to another gear. You know, I, I think he's, he has caught up and has taken that lead from him. Because like I said, he's been playing pretty phenomenal too and the things that Andy Reid is drawing up for this guy like tell you it looks like I'm watching Madden you know Patrick Mahomes is doing some crazy throws some crazy plays and uh you know when I look at him too if you just like looking at the game Mahomes just looks like a different animal than most yeah most definitely he's he's out of this world he's making like you said Madden type plays and People want to be him. The new quarterbacks want to be him, but it's going to take a lot of work for um, for them to get get to, get to his caliber. But like I said, Russell Wilson's still at the top. At least to me, it could be different to everyone else, but at least to me, he's still at the top, and Patrick is right behind him. Yeah, and you know we we're only what week we're going to week nine, so week ten. Oh, week 10, my bad. Um, Yeah, so we're going into week 10. We still got some more football to be playing. You know, this is going to be a tight MVP race. So we'll see if uh, Wilson can, you know, stay right there or pull away. Or we'll see if Mahomes pulls away or if someone else kind of comes up. But, um, you know, the, the one credit I will give Wilson so far, you know, out of the candidates that we are talking about, is that he has more weight on his shoulders. You know, like... His defense is pretty bad, so he's got to go out there and score 30 points plus, you know, to even win a game or, you know, have it come down to the wire in overtime or whatever it may be. So he he definitely has got more on his shoulders as far as, like, the entire team, but it's going to be a close race, I think, going forward. So we'll see if he continues to play like an MVP or if he has a couple more, you know, highly... Uh, turnover games. Yeah, that, that'll that'll be the the difference right there. Yeah, if he continues messing up, Patrick will take over the top crown. Yeah, because uh, can't have too many of those high interception games. And meanwhile, Mahomes could have one or two for the season. You know, he doesn't throw many himself. So, yeah, like you said, he only has one, and it was against the Raiders. Yeah, and that that was early on, right, Joe? Yep. Yeah, so definitely see how the rest shapes up for these two. We'll be watching. We'll be talking about it. So so we're going to be moving on, Joe, to our next topic. So now that it's been around halfway of the NFL season, 
teams have been really separating themselves as contenders and non-contenders, or like I like to call them, pretenders. Uh, but our crew here on Highly Contested will take their picks on who we believe is the most disappointing team in the NFL so far. So, Joe, who's your team that you're picking to be the most disappointing so far in this 2020 season? Honestly, this one was kind of difficult. I was trying to be uh, picking and choosing. But I'm going to have to say it's the Vikings due to the fact that they had a they had a really good solid defense and solid they have really good pieces on offense Dalvin Cook, their young rookie receiver Justin Jefferson, and Kirk Cousin is a decent quarterback in their system, but they're just lacking in play. They're just getting outplayed on basically on every time when the ball is snapped, they're getting outplayed. They're three for their their record is three for five. I expected them to be close to the top of with Green with with Green Bay, I think. But just Green Bay's running away with it, and so I, I like I said, the Vikings. I expected them to play better, especially when they had uh, Njoku with that trade. But they they ended up uh, trading him away. So, yeah, definitely. Me, me and you thought that trade was going to be a little better than it ended up being. Mm-hmm. Our boy, our boy Andrew, definitely, I guess, called that one right in that. Jaguars trade that they had because now he's shipped off. Where did he get shipped off to, Joe? I think it was to the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens. Yeah, so Joe, I, you know, that's a good pick right there. You know, Vikings, very disappointing this season. I got a different team, but a team with the same record. So the team that I picked is also three and five. So the team that I'm picking to be the most disappointing so far is the Patriots. So they've been the biggest disappointment for me this season. When I look at the expectations that many experts had before the season even kicked off, many of them had the Patriots winning this division that they're in ahead of the Bills. But not only does it look like that might not happen, but they might even be behind the Dolphins and be third in their division, which hasn't happened since 2000 when they were fifth in their division. So it's been 20 years since they haven't been first or second in their division. And Cam Newton himself has been, you know, up and down. He started real good in the beginning of the season and looked like his former MVP self, but you know, he did have COVID and you know, these last few games, he really hasn't looked like himself and he's ranked 28th in yards, 32nd, in touchdowns with only two, he has seven interceptions. His QBR is 55.4, which is 25th in the league. The Patriots team barely survived against the Jets with a field goal. And I know, like I said, Cam was out a few games with uh, COVID, but he hasn't been the same. This team hasn't performed like many people thought Bill Belichick would be able to get them to play. And like I said, the three and five. So, I think they've been the most disappointing. Joe, what, what are your thoughts on the Patriots? Been pretty disappointing? Uh, well, if you would have listened to me early on in the podcast, I could I told you guys this, that they weren't going to have a good season. I know you remember me telling you guys that. Joe, oh man, are you, are you a fortune teller or something? I, I It seems like you know the future hey, before dude. it happens. Well, can I I'm say? I'm just curious. <laughs> can I say, man, I just know. 
I, I like I said, I told you guys this it passed, and it's happening into fruition. <laughs> <laughs> but like, all in all, yeah, they're they're having a disappointing season, and I could I could see them still playing behind the Dolphins. Yeah, and I I think that's the the disappointing thing right there. You know, it's like when I look at expectations to where they're at right now. I mean, if if they were in that second place behind the Bills, I I think that's where that's where I definitely had them. I had them second in that division, but like I said, I know there was a lot of people that had them still winning the division. So, I uh, I think they they've been a disappointment. And, you know, I, I really like your take on the Vikings. The Vikings themselves have been very disappointed. And, you know, I kind of had a toss-up between a few teams when I, when I was uh, doing my research for this topic. I, I did have the Vikings as one of them. I had, you know, the Patriots as one of them. And then I had the Cowboys as one, you know, to be the most disappointing. But we only got to see Dak Prescott in there for a few games, so... And then they lost Andy Dalton too. So I, I mean, they've been disappointing themselves in their own right. But you lose your your star quarterback, and then your backup quarterback, and you're on your third quarterback. I mean, it's kind of expected to not play well. So that's why I went with the Patriots. But I definitely had the Vikings in that in that mix too for most disappointing. Yeah, most definitely. There's like a, like you said, there's a bunch of other teams. But I, I was I was also thinking the Cowboys, but then I thought, okay, they had a lot of injuries, so I, I won't go with them because that's that's kind of an obvious choice. And the whole NFC East division that's a <laughs> that should have been a whole one itself. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if we want to talk about a suck fest, we just got to talk about that division right there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> then I just chose the Vikings because I expected more out of them with the players they have: Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Kirk Cousins, like I said, and on the defensive side, they're pretty st- stout as well. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that pick. Both we both picked some pretty disappointing teams, two uh, very sucky, suckage, suck fest teams. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. And George, I'm gonna throw you a little start one, bench one, and cut one. All right. Oh, uh, you know me, bro. I, I like these. I'm going to do one for running backs, all right? Okay. So, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara. Who are you starting? Who are you benching? Who are you cutting? Mm, that's, a, that's a good one right there. Um, just, to, just to clear up, we're, we're going to say if all three are healthy, right? Yeah, uh, all Christian three are McCaffrey, healthy. Yeah. It's Christian McCaffrey. He, I think he just re-injured, or not re-injured, but injured his shoulder coming back from that high ankle sprain. Yeah. Um, okay, so Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara. Ooh, that, that's a good one. <sighs> okay, so if if 100% healthy, I, I think we got to say Dalvin Cook. I, I'm going to start Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Because you know his biggest concerns, you know, were was injuries. Yeah, and and we've seen him a little more healthy this this season and last season, and he shows he he's a stud out there. And I mean, some people kind of consider him being an MVP in his own right. You know, being on that Vikings team and carrying such a big load when uh, Kirk Cousins isn't playing, you know, at the top of his game. So I, I think I'm definitely going to start him. 
And then this next one is pretty tough too, but I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey and then I'm going to cut Alvin Kamara. I mean, it's a tough one, but you know, no disrespect on Alvin Kamara, but he plays on a great team on a great system. They know how to use them. And Christian McCaffrey plays on not such a great team, not such a great system, and he's still able to ball out, you know, so definitely going to go with those two. And then I'm cutting uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you on the first one. Um, I would start Dalvin Cook because he has a good uh, offensive line that could run block really good. And like, like you said, he could take the load when Christian, uh, not when Kirk Cousins could uh is not playing well. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bench Alvin Kamara because like like for like for Dalvin, the Saints offensive line is really good. They they run block great and he and he can run the ball. He he's a he's the elusive type of guy and he's not afraid to run someone over. But um no 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 capping on uh a Christian McCaffrey, he's a good running back, but his offensive line needs some work. Yes, he's getting a lot of yards, but he's getting a lot of hits too. And um, that would I would like to see him them getting a, a better offensive line, a couple pieces. Yeah, well, see that that's exactly why I would have Christian McCaffrey over him is because he's able to you know ball out at an elite level with maybe not the best offensive line or things of that nature. And he's still up there putting elite numbers. So could you imagine him on the Saints team or on a team with a great O-line? You know, he might even be more elite than he is, as crazy as that might sound. So I think we're talking about, like, the player itself, we take out some of that extra stuff, then I definitely think uh, McCaffrey is over him. But, I mean... That that's what we're on this show for, you know, to be highly contested. So great, yep. great picks there. And um, I'm, I was also reading earlier today in the NBA that um, there are some talks going out right now about the Suns trading for CP3. How do you feel about that, George, in the NBA? Oh uh, yeah, uh, I haven't really seen anything about that, but just uh, off the dome, my just, first, just off the dome. Yeah, um, I I do like it. I think he could work there. Um, Chris Paul, he's one of those true point guards, so I think he'd fit in with a player like Devin Booker. You know, get him some easier buckets. Um, but I mean, I also like Ricky Rubio there because he he's also a pure point guard. But obviously, I'm picking CP3 over Ricky Rubio. CP3 is able to you know get his own buckets off too. So, I, I mean, I would like that, you know, and then you, they're a team on the rise with a solid coach. So definitely be an upgrade, especially for a team that's right there on that borderline eight seed trying to make it into the playoffs. I don't know if I, if I'm CP three, I don't know if that's where I want to go. Cause I feel like he would want to compete for a championship, not compete for a playoff spot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I, I think we've talked about it, and you know, I, I think I'd love to see him on the Bucks. That that's where I would want to see him. Yeah, I'd like to see him on the Bucks too, but I think they need to get younger, or at least a stronger point guard. But um, I'll, I'll go back to him going 
the talks to the Suns. Um, I yeah, I could see him. Of like you said, he's a true point guard. I but he is better than Ricky Rubio as a player, and he would fit well with Devin Booker, uh, DeAndre and Anton, and uh, I think uh, Uribe. So that would be a good squad, but I don't think the Thunder should do it because, like you said, the Suns are a borderline playoff team, and at least the Thunder, they are a playoff team that could possibly make a finals run. Yeah, well, I I think the Thunder, they're going to – they were trying to go full rebuild, but CP3 had different plans and, (laughs) you know, got them into the playoffs and – they actually did pretty well. I, I didn't think they'd take the Rockets to Game Seven, but um, you know, I, I think the Thunder don't care if he stays in the West. I think they're they're looking to rebuild, so they're probably just going to go with whoever gives them the best package, you know, best picks or mm-hmm. young young talent or what whatever it is that they're looking for. I think that's who they'll trade him off to. Um, but yeah, so I. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up because I, I do think he is going to be out of OKC. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so, Joe, let, let's wrap things up. And what better way to wrap it up than with a Thursday night football prediction? Who you got in that game? Let's see, so the Thursday night game is Colts versus Titans. And I've been heavily relying on the Colts to get it done. Yes, they failed me a couple times. And the times I picked the Titans, they won, but they also failed me a couple once or twice. But I'm high on the Colts right now. I feel like they could get it done with their defense going strong. Their defense is not ain't nothing to joke about. And their offense is kind of it's kind of iffy at sometimes, but their running game is really good. And that's why they're gonna win it. Yeah, I think this will be a, a pretty good Thursday night football game. So we're definitely going to keep our eyes out, see see who comes out on top. Yep, most definitely. All right, well, I think that's all the time we got for today's podcast. So we're going to do our best to upload an episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So stay with it and stay tuned for our next show on Highly Contested. Highly Contested.